The beauty of social media is that you are able to reach an infinite amount of people. Once you start to build your influence, you are building your personal brand and you are considered an expert in your field, you have a trusted audience that follow you, that want to hear from you, and you can market that influence however you choose. No matter what platform, if you're able to build that trust, opportunities will always come to you. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello, Creators Week. We're going to talk about how influencers make money. Now, I know that uh, money is often a little bit of a taboo topic, but I do think it's important to shed light on this, to share more information, create more transparency so that more people can do what they love for a living as well. Honestly, I'm always a little bit surprised how many people still don't know how influencers make money. Whenever I do Q&As, there's always a lot of people who ask me like, how do you make money? How, what do you do for a living? Are you just a model? Uh, no, I'm definitely not. I don't have the height or the build to be a model. And so I try to explain it over and over again. And I figure it would just be easier to do a full breakdown like a full episode of all of the different ways that you can make money as an influencer online. On the surface, it may look like influencers are just posting pictures, looking nice or sharing their daily life and somehow traveling the world. But the truth is running a personal online brand is a proper business that has revenue and expenses and all of that. Maybe in a future episode, we can go into the expenses of an influencer. Do let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. You can always DM me at fulltimeinfluencer.co with any of your feedback for our podcast. We would be so happy to hear from you. In order to understand how influencers can run a proper business and have a full-time income, sometimes even in the six or seven figures and beyond actually, um, I will break down the nine different ways that influencers make money with real life examples, people you may have already heard of, and a rough estimate of how much I think they could be making. And I want to make a disclaimer, while money is great, it is the goal for a lot of people in life, you know, it facilitates a lot of amazing things. It is important to remember that succeeding in this field requires a lot more than the desire to make money. If you're just in it to make money, I have to be frank with you, you won't get far. There's so much more that goes into becoming a successful influencer, like passion and the willingness to learn. I've actually listed all of the traits and qualities that I think is required to become a successful influencer in an earlier episode. So you can just scroll down and look for uh, the six keys to becoming a successful influencer to hear more on that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be business-minded and know that you want to make money because I do think that understanding the business side of things is really important and is what will make this a full-time thing so that you can do what you love for a living, but it cannot be the sole purpose of you starting your influencer journey. That's just the point that I wanted to make because I sometimes hear people come to me and they say, Tina, I want another way to make income and I want to pursue this, but 
upon more questioning, it seems that they don't actually have a passion for content creation or they don't really even want to show up to engage with their audience, that absolutely won't be the way to go about it. Um, I just don't think there's a way around it. You do have to be passionate about what you do, what you speak about, about creating content and about showing up for your audience. It's absolutely key. Now, with that disclaimer out of the way, let's begin. The number one method that a lot of influencers make their income is through brand deals. I will say that this is not necessarily the majority of the income for all influencers. There are a lot of influencers who use other uh, income streams, but I do think that for the majority of influencers, especially the ones you see on Instagram on YouTube, and especially the ones on YouTube with a, a lower ad revenue income, brand deals are the main ways that influencers make their income. Currently, this business is a $13.7 billion industry in 2021, and it continues to grow each year, and it has been growing every year in the last few years. While it may seem kind of unreal that people would actually pay you large sums of money to talk about products, places, experiences that you already love anyway, but influencer brand deals honestly I think is the best win-win-win situation in marketing and it's three wins because first of all, the brand wins by having a very authentic person speak about their brand, vouch for their brand, and sell their products. It's a win for you because you get paid and you get to do things that you naturally love anyway, whether it's travel or cooking or makeup or um, anything else that you're an expert in. And it's also a win for your audience because they are following you so that they can hear from you, so that they can get recommendations from you. And here you are discovering either new brands or new products of existing brands that you already love and recommending them to your audience because that is actually your true opinion and you know that your audience will benefit from this recommendation. So that's what I consider a win-win-win situation. And for brand deals to be successful, I do think it's very, very important to keep this in mind to make sure that this is a win-win-win. If let's say this is a win for the brand and it's a win for you, but your audience does not win in this situation, they do not get any value at all from your collaboration and this is not something they want to hear about, maybe this will work one time for you because you're getting the money, but over time it will start to erode the trust that you have between you and your audience and they will stop listening to what you have to say because you are no longer recommending things that they actually love and would gain from. So that is one thing to really keep in mind. So brand deals may vary a lot in budget. There are brand deals that have absolutely no budget and unfortunately in this day and age it still happens way too often. While others may have multiple six figures of budget or even millions of dollars of budget for just one single campaign. And also the time of the year can affect the amount of budget put into campaigns. So special events or holidays or times of the year, like, uh, you know, summer holidays, uh, maybe it's Easter, maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Thanksgiving. Those are always key times for brands to come up with influencer campaigns that have much larger budgets, for example. 
I myself have signed several multiple five-figure brand deals and now uh, brand deals alone is a multiple six-figure annual income for me and I know this is the case for a lot of my other influencer friends especially when you have um, a following of over a hundred thousand and beyond if you also have the right audience and you're able to market yourself properly, you're able to pitch yourself to brands and you have networked with the relevant people in this industry, then it definitely is a viable career and very lucrative income, I'd say. Now, I don't want to paint influencers as these money-hungry people who are just out there to get as many brand campaigns as possible so that they could make a huge income. I think it's important to always keep in mind your original reason for starting, the passion that you have for uh, sharing content, creating content, engaging with your audience, because that is what has given influencers the opportunity to make this a full-fledged business. And it's important to always keep that integrity and never let your audience down as well. So how exactly do you calculate your rates for brand deals? This is a topic that is kind of the wild, wild west right now. There's no formula to calculate rates that work for all influencers and work for all niches and campaigns. That simply just doesn't exist. There's no such one formula. However, the current industry standard, should we say, is that you can calculate an approximate starting point by taking 1% of your follower count. And that would be the dollar amount that you would charge for one single post, not including stories, swipe up, link in bio, usage rights, uh, any other additional deliverables and conditions. However, I do hesitate to put this out there because I do think it's no longer the most accurate way to calculate people's rates right now. There's a lot of other factors that have to go into how to calculate a rate, including the quality of your content, the um, audience that you're actually speaking to, whether it is actually targeted and a good fit for the brand and your reach. Everybody has different reach. If you have a lot of followers, but you have really, really bad reach, then honestly, you're not giving a lot of exposure to the brand and therefore it wouldn't justify a really high dollar amount based on your follower count, right? So just know that it's not that I don't want to give you an answer on this because I've had people come and ask me and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I really, I can't give you like a single answer because it would be different for every single campaign depending on the deliverables and depending on who the brand is. And it's not that I want to withhold this information, but it's just that there is no one size fit all way to calculate rates. And because this is such a complex topic with a lot that goes into it, I will dive into it in a future episode, so stay tuned for that. But let's just take the 1% rule as an example and roughly calculate what could be possible for influencers nowadays. Let's just hypothesize that you have 100,000 followers and you roughly charge 1% to 2% for your brand deals and let's calculate how much you might be able to make as an influencer from brand deals. If you do one paid campaign per week and you charge around 2% on average per campaign, then that would be four times 2000. Now that's about $8,000 a month. And if you times that by 12, it's about 96,000 a year. That's a near six figure income with 100,000 followers, but we are not including a lot of the other things that often go into campaigns, which is 
content usage rights, whitelisting, which is when brands take your post and use your account and run ads like Facebook ads or Instagram ads from your account to reach more people. So they're putting paid money behind your post. It also doesn't take into factor whether it's a video post or a photo post, and it also doesn't include cross-promoting on other social media channels. For example, you could have a blog or you have a TikTok, and when you post on these other channels, you do get paid more because you are giving them that extra reach. So I, I think it's safe to say that if you have a significant amount of reach, it's not hard to market yourself properly, to really pitch yourself to brands and make a six-figure income as an influencer with over 100,000 followers. But it is absolutely possible for you to make a six-figure income even without 100,000 followers. I know that the percentage calculation is not the most accurate and there are a lot of people with smaller follow accounts who have amazing content, amazing reach, and they charge multiple four figures for a single post and a story. And they're able to really properly monetize their account with just 40, 50,000 followers and make a six-figure income that way. Like I mentioned, brand deals is just one of the ways that influencers make money. Let's talk about other ways that a lot of influencers also make a healthy income one of them being affiliate income. Now, affiliate income is income that you generate by recommending products using a particular link. That link tracks the user's activities and if they make a purchase, you get a, basically a revenue share of the sale that was made. Usually, this revenue share ranges between 5 to 20% depending on the product and depending on the platform. Some of the biggest platforms that provide influencers and other blogs and people who have a lot of traffic to make income through affiliate links is RewardStyle. RewardStyle is one of the most well-known for fashion and lifestyle links. ShopStyle Collective is another one that follows closely behind RewardStyle. Amazon Affiliates is for anyone who is an affiliate of Amazon and recommends a lot of Amazon products. I do know that Amazon affiliates get paid a much lower commission rate. However, this could become quite lucrative if you have a large audience base and you have a lot of traffic and also because many people buy other things from Amazon as well. So it's based on your total checkout amount and not just the specific product that you have linked for them to buy. There's also a lot of other affiliate websites and platforms, and I honestly can't even list them all, but a big one is CJ Affiliates. And in the travel space, there's also a lot of uh, different affiliate programs. For example, Booking.com has its own affiliate program. There are travel insurances that have their own affiliate program. There are even credit cards that have affiliate programs. So people like the points guy, whenever they recommend people a credit card that they love and use, then they get a certain amount back by recommending it to more people. So for some of these affiliate programs, they do require that the links are posted to a specific registered website. But for others, you can simply get a link and share it anywhere where you can place a link, like in your bio or in a swipe up and so on. Also, there are affiliate programs that are not part of any of these large platforms and are just created by companies themselves. And they can generate a custom link for you. And if anybody purchases through that link, they'll be able to detect it and they will share with you the revenue that's made. Or other times it could even be a code, for example, a discount code. Get 10% off of this fabulous 
massage chair with the code TINA10. And whenever people use that code, not only do they get 10% off, but you also get another percentage of the revenue as an example. I do know that there are influencers and bloggers who make most of their income just from affiliate links. It's pretty amazing because it's more passive, but it does require a larger amount of traffic. If you have a smaller following, that doesn't mean that affiliate income won't work for you per se, but you will have to be speaking to a very specific topic that you are an expert in and have people specifically follow you for that in order to convert enough for the dollar amount to make sense. That being said, I know fashion influencers that I cannot name who make five figures a month just on reward style, which is only a single platform where they get links to share outfits and so on. There are people who have hundreds of thousands of followers on the reward style platform. And so everyone follows them closely to see what outfits they're wearing and basically get their recommendation and buy what they're wearing. And through that, they can make a very, very healthy income. Another thing is in order to continuously make money from affiliate income, you do need to be actively recommending products, especially if you're talking about like physical products versus uh, let's say digital products like a course or a booking or something. And that could sometimes become quite a lot to upkeep as well. You know, you're if you're showcasing the outfits yourself, you need to purchase the outfits in order to showcase it. However, a lot of bloggers are very smart about this. They show outfits that are fit for the style that their audience love and they love, but they don't necessarily buy it all the time. So they create these collages and they share it and be like, oh, this is the, these are the items that I found this month. And then whenever there's a sale, they would recommend also more products that they think their audience would love without having to buy it themselves. So there are ways around it and it's definitely feasible. In addition to that, if you have more evergreen sources of traffic like Pinterest or a blog where you have SEO traffic, so like search engine optimized traffic, whenever people search you on Google for a specific topic, um, they will come to your blog. That is another way to make this a recurring passive income without having to do extra work. Now, affiliate income is a topic that I don't feel like I am an expert in. I do make a few thousand dollars a year from affiliate income, uh, but it's definitely not my main source of income. So if you want to find out more, I do know a blog that talks all about this. It's called Making Sense of Sense. So if you just check out her blog, she talks a lot about it. I believe she makes a seven-figure income just by her blog. A lot of it is just... Uh, traffic that comes from SEO, Pinterest, and so on. Another big chunk of her income comes from ad revenue for her blog, and that perfectly segues into our next income stream that a lot of influencers make money from, which is ad revenue. So if you have TikTok, YouTube, blogs, or if you post IGTVs, these are all ways that you can make ad revenue, and how much you get paid is based on the CPM. CPM represents cost per mil, meaning the dollar value of every thousand impressions. So as far as I know, YouTube is where the CPMs are the highest, depending on your niche and your audience. For example, I know that finance channels have a crazy high CPM, usually 
between $30 to $50 or $60, I believe. And that actually is different to the amount that you get after YouTube takes their cut. And the amount that you get after YouTube takes their cut, I believe is called CPR. Now I've watched a lot of these, like how much I, YouTube pays me videos. And I got this information by watching tons and tons of this video, these videos. So all you need to do is go on YouTube and type how much YouTube pays me and you'll get a ton of information on that. So basically YouTube takes around half of that, I believe. And so they could make an average of 15 to $30 per thousand views. Meaning if a video in the finance niche got a million views, that video alone would be making them potentially five figures, right? And it could take a long time for it to reach a million views, or it could never reach a million views, but it definitely is a very lucrative income stream if you're in the right niche. Now, there are a lot of other niches on YouTube that don't have high CPM and people who get, let's say, a million views on a CPM of $2 would probably only take home half of that, which is a dollar. So a dollar times a thousand, they would take home a thousand dollars from a video that got a million views. Not saying that a thousand dollars is not significant, but how often do people actually get consistently a million views on their videos, right? So TikTok, on the other hand, is a very different story. TikTok has a creator fund where uh, you get paid based on the number of views you have. And the CPM is very, very low. I am part of the creator fund and I'm not allowed to disclose how much or else I will be disqualified for it. But I will tell you that it's low enough that it doesn't even matter if I get disqualified. The CPM is much, much, much less than a dollar, like a fraction, like a tiny fraction of a dollar. So you get an idea, right? It's understandable though, because TikTok is filled with short form content and also the audience skews a younger audience. So I do think that's probably why the CPM is so much lower. In terms of blogs, the way you make ad revenue is by putting banner ads on your blog and you can sign up to platforms like, well, Google ads being the main one, but you can also do things like Mediavine, another big one. And if you have enough unique visitors per month, then you get a healthy recurring income from the ad revenue of your blog itself. From my knowledge, if you have hundreds of thousands of unique visitors per month, you can definitely make a healthy full-time income just from the ad revenue alone. Again, that depends on who your audience is, what your niche is, and how often your audience are clicking on these banner ads. And there are many different ways to calculate the ad revenue, which is a quite complex topic again. So I won't be going into too much detail here. More recently, Instagram also finally jumped on the ad revenue bandwagon, but they are only offering uh, creators ad revenue from IGTVs. So it's inside your uh, creator insights, a professional dashboard. You can apply to monetize your IGTV and from there get revenue share. I don't post IGTVs, so I can't tell you how much I make because the dollar amount is zero. There are definitely other people who can make significant amounts if IGTV is their main form of content. Next, I want to talk about content creation and licensing. Now, content creation and licensing is another very common way for creators to make money on Instagram. 
because you already have this platform and you are already creating a lot of content, there are brands, especially smaller brands, who are just looking for content. They do not need you to post this content onto your feed or recommend the product to your audience, but maybe they love your style of editing or your style of photographing things, and you can be a model, photographer, editor, and creative director for them. This is an amazing way for small businesses to save money rather than spending money on a professional photographer, a professional model, an art director, a stylist, and pay for the location. They can just pay one single creator and just get a really great deal and get a lot of content from like one content creation campaign. In addition to just creating the content for them to use, the licensing terms, so the usage terms of the content, can also determine how much you get paid as a creator to create that content. If they are purchasing universal perpetual rights to all of that content, the rates would be so much higher than, for example, just using it on their social media. I do have friends who also do content creation on the side to supplement their income, but normally, as far as I know, this is not usually the main way that influencers make their income. Sick and tired of posting reels that you spent hours creating just to see it flop? Need a tried and true formula so that you can finally get your first 10k, 100k, or even 1 million view reel? If this sounds like you, then you need to join the Reels Rocketship program. In this program, we teach you everything you need to know about going viral and growing with Reels, from how the algorithm works to how to convert those views into follows. We cover it all. Head to reelsrocketship.com or simply click the link in our show notes to join today and skyrocket your follower growth with Reels. Next, let's talk about physical products. Now, this is where it gets really exciting because this is actually when the influencer goes from having just a personal brand to creating a brand new identity, a separate product that could potentially live on its own without their personal brand in the future. For example, Lindsay Silverman, who was recently on our podcast, you can go listen to her episode, she created Hotel Lobby Candle. It is a candle company that she created during the pandemic with her husband to resemble the smell of hotel lobbies, to give you that sense of wanderlust and want to travel again. And it's been doing incredibly well. Her husband, Matt, has quit his job to help with the Hotel Lobby Candle brand, and it's being carried in large department stores like Neiman Marcus. The one One thing that she mentioned to me that really stood out was that she feels like this brand has made it when people DM her and love the hotel lobby candle but don't actually follow her on her personal page. And that just means that they have created a brand identity that is actually separate from their own online personal brand. And that to me is why it's particularly exciting because this really goes into another realm of of business and entrepreneurship. Now, there are a lot of examples of influencers who have created super successful physical products. Some larger scale clothing brands include the one by Ami Song or Camila Coelho. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, but those are in partnership with Revolve. It's being carried by Revolve. And those are ones that I'm sure is super lucrative for them. 
there are also other really ingenious products that are maybe made out of necessity from being an influencer. For example, Lindsay Albanese, she is an influencer who created the brand Top Tote. It is basically a magnetic clip that helps to carry your hat without using your hand by clipping it onto a bag. Um, I like to hack this by just using a skirt hanger with like a non-slippery grip and it's super cheap, but her clips are very chic. It works very well and people swear by it. So you can check it out if you're interested. I personally will keep to my skirt hangers because it's cheap and it works. But this is, I think, a super, super smart creation and invention. Other influencers create things like merch. You know, you could create t-shirts, hats, or mugs, or stickers and badges. Those are all things that when you have created an online personal brand, your audience could be really interested in purchasing because they support your cause. They support the message that you are sending and they want to be a part of your clan, basically. I myself am launching a clothing line later this year. It is super exciting. It's been a long time in the making and it was delayed a little bit due to COVID, but I'm launching a more feminine clothing line um, that is really for parties, special occasions, and really represent my aesthetic and my page. And I'm so excited to share more, but right now I, I still can't share too much. This will be my first foray into creating physical products. I'm actually doing it with a company called Inspire. Inspire has actually done collaborations like this with other big influencers, including Tezza and Natalie Off Duty to create clothing lines that are representative of these influences of their styles for their audience and beyond. So that's basically what I'm doing next. And it's very, very exciting. Now, after we've touched upon physical products, it's also important to talk about digital products. This can include apps, presets, stickers, templates, courses, ebooks, and so on. There's a lot more other possibilities. Anything that is sold digitally and only lives digitally are considered digital products. So for example, I myself have two digital products right now. In the future, we may expand that, but right now we have two. Uh, the first is the full-time influencer program, and this is our flagship program where I teach people how to go from A to Z, from aspiring creator to full-time influencer. I've made this work for myself through a lot of trial and error, a lot of learning and mistakes and observing trends and looking at everything that's going on on social media. And I've basically packaged all of my knowledge into this program to help a lot of other people also be able to do what they love for a living. Thus far, we've seen amazing results with people growing to 100,000 followers. Some of them reached like the 50K mark. Some of them got five-figure brand deals, which is amazing to see. And so that's my main flagship program. Our second program is the Reels Rocketship program, and this is a smaller program that specifically focuses on Reels. So Reels is one of the best ways, undoubtedly, to grow on Instagram right now. And in future episodes, I will go into more detail about that. And so this course packages everything that I know about how I went viral with Reels, how I gained over 100 million views and grew 300,000 new followers that way. And I put all everything that I learned that I knew from posting Reels into this program. If you're interested in checking out more about that, you can go to reelsrocketship.co. 
In addition to courses, ebooks is another way to package your knowledge into one and sell that as a product. It could be itineraries, it could be cookbooks, and so on. Another type of digital product is apps. Apps are very popular nowadays and really easy for everyone to download. And so it's easy for people to create an app and charge, let's say, a monthly fee or a one time fee to access all of the features inside an app. One of the most successful examples of a top rated app is the Tesla app created by Tesla. So here inside the App Store, it says that the Tesla app is an aesthetic photo editor. So basically, you can slap on filters and presets on your photos and create really aesthetic looking photos. And it also has templates and you can edit videos as well and put overlays. So far, this app has 24,000 ratings um, and a 4.8 star rating. So the Tessa app subscription pricing is based on what you have access to. If you only want photo editing, it is either $1.99 per month, $2, or $19.99 per year, $20, uh, so a slight discount. If you want photo plus video editing, it would be $3.99 per month and $39.99 per year. Let's just do a rough calculation, okay, of what she might be making. She has 24,000 ratings right now, most of which are positive, giving her a 4.8 star review. Assuming that half people choose photo editing only and half people choose the photo plus video editing, so that would average be around $3 a month, right? So maybe the average person pays $3 a month and she has 24,000 ratings. At a bare minimum, you would get 24,000 times three per month. That is 72,000 per month just in recurring revenue. And these are only the people who have left a rating. Based on the number of people who listen to a podcast versus how many people actually leave a rating, I can tell you the actual number of people who are actually listening is significantly higher. So their subscriber base to their app is significantly higher than 24,000. Let's just imagine, right? 24,000 times it by four. Okay, that's the total number of users who pay a $3 per month fee times by three. That is a $288,000 per month income. And that comes to a whopping $3 million plus annual income. No wonder she's not posting on Instagram anymore and rarely ever working with brands because her app is super duper successful. I do want to say this is probably one of the most successful examples. There are other influencers who have also created really, really great apps. Uh, I don't know that many, but the ones that I know of are Katie One. Another example is an app called Mosaic. I believe it started by a couple account or a couple, but they have separate accounts. And um, it's also a very successful app that charges a monthly fee to access templates to create awesome stories. The last digital product that I want to touch upon is presets. Presets can be sold by any influencer who has a distinct style of editing. People who follow them are probably interested in how to edit their photos like them. So they can simply export their presets, which is put into Lightroom Mobile or Lightroom Desktop, and then sell them as different packs based on you know what you want to achieve with the look, and they can make a good income that way. I do know that Aggie has been very successful selling her presets before, and there are a lot of other influencer accounts who sell presets and make that an additional income stream. 
I will say that Tezza is probably the most successful influencer who has been selling her presets because she basically took it from just being presets to actually making it into an app. And now this app extends beyond just her personal brand and people are generally using the app just as a photo editing app beyond just like this is a preset that Tezza created. She's really made it a, an entity, a business beyond her own personal brand. And I think that's what's most successful about it. The next income stream that some influencers use to make this a full-time income is coaching or membership services. I separated this from digital products because I actually feel like it's more of an in-person service sometimes, and it's not always housed inside a single product or a single course, and it could be more like live sessions, Zoom calls, and for memberships, it's more like providing recurring value versus creating one product and then selling that one product over and over again. So that's why I separated this. However, there may be a lot of similarities in terms of the type of information provided with coaching and membership. There could be a lot of overlap between this and a digital product. For influencers that are experts in a particular area and they are able to package this into a coaching program, they can offer one-on-one -on -one or group coaching uh, programs. This can be very lucrative even if you have a smaller follower count because the ticket price usually is a lot higher, especially when it's like a one-on-one -on -one service because you are dedicating so much time and effort to one single client, you can charge a much higher fee for that. Um, I do know coaches who charge anywhere between like a thousand up to like the five figure mark for one-on-one um, -on -one coaching services and the period of time varies. If it's a if it's a five-figure coaching service, then often this is more like a half-year thing. Sometimes it is one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes it is in a group setting with additional support from other professionals, experts, and coaches. And don't be surprised that it's such a high ticket. I know that a lot of people actually pay these prices, like prices close to a full-time one-year salary just to be coached by a very, very successful coach in their area. I definitely see the value in group coaching or one-on-one -on -one coaching. I myself have invested in a few digital products and coaching services in order to learn how to market and create a course and learn funnels and paid traffic and all of that. A lot of things that help to run my business. I don't personally offer coaching service uh, because I feel like I'm really tied up with just creating content and also supporting my students inside of my own programs. So I don't actually do like one-on-one -on -one coaching. However, I do have a live coaching aspect to the full-time influencer program and that's the only place where I provide group coaching. It's a monthly live group consulting call where I audit people's accounts and give them personal feedback so that they can be guided in the right direction. So if you have a smaller following, coaching can definitely be a viable monetization option because if you have just, let's say, three clients each month, but per client you charge $2,000, you can easily imagine how this is a good full-time income, right? And in addition to that, you can provide other services or use other methods that we've mentioned above and we'll mention later to monetize your influence as well. Now let's talk a little bit about memberships. So memberships can be housed on platforms like Patreon is probably the most well-known one. 
This is very common amongst YouTubers and podcasts, especially the ones where maybe their ad revenue is not quite enough to support them creating these videos and content. And so they create an additional membership where they charge a small amount per month recurring so that they can provide a, you know, even better content or even uh, like a higher level content or just additional content on top of what they already provide for free so that they can make this a, a full-time income. Some of the most successful memberships that I've seen have thousands and thousands of members inside their Patreon group. And the average uh, membership, recurring monthly membership is maybe 10 or $15. So if you just do the math, that could be a multiple six-figure income or even seven-figure income, I'd say. The one caveat about memberships though, is that I do feel like it requires a larger audience for it to make sense. Because think about it, if you provide a membership and your lowest tier is three or $5 and your highest tier is $25, right now you are reaching about, let's say a thousand people, but only 1% of those people will pay for your membership. That is only 10 people, 10 people times five or an average ticket of $7 is only $70. And for you to have to create that additional membership content every single month for a small amount, for a small number of members might not make sense for the effort and time that you're putting into it. So I do think that membership format requires a slightly larger audience for it to make sense. I myself had a Patreon membership last year. I did it for a few months and at the highest point I had, I think over 300 people sign up for my Patreon membership and it was a multiple four figure monthly income. However, I felt like the upkeep required to keep up with the membership and the pressure of people dropping off from the membership uh, made me feel like it wasn't as worth my time as other pursuits like creating content and growing my following. And so I dropped it after a few months and also I dropped it so that I can really focus on creating a superior product that is a full-time influencer program so that I can package everything I know in a structured way so that people have a clear framework versus joining a membership where they have sort of fragmented information month by month. Not saying that membership doesn't work, but I do think that it may work better for a specific type of creator. Now let's move on to talk about being a host or speaker as an influencer. This is actually something that often gets overlooked, but influencers can be invited to be event hosts or even travel hosts or a podcast host for another brand or a TV host. For example, my friend Sarah is the podcast host for GoDaddy's podcast um, all about entrepreneurship and she gets paid a fee to host these podcast sessions to record it and speak to people. And another example is my friend Onika. She is a TV host and she appears on New York Live TV. So sometimes you might see her in on the screen of a taxi cab in New York City. And she also has other TV hosting gigs as well. So those are more recurring hosting gigs. However, there are also one-off event hosts that influencers can be engaged for. For example, let's say if a skincare company is launching a new skincare line and they know that this particular influencer always talks about Korean skincare and this happens to be a Korean skincare company. So they could invite this influencer to host an event 
either online or in person at their flagship store to talk about this new product. A lot of the followers of this particular influencer will come for the influencer, but also purchase the products while they are there. It's also a great way to create buzz and give credibility to a particular brand or new product as well. Another variation of hosting is actually being a travel host. There are companies dedicated to creating group trips for the followers of particular influencers and influencers get a small cut of the cost of these trips and that's how they monetize from these trips and from hosting these trips. Some of the companies that do this include Akinella Expeditions, Trova Trip and another one called Global Nomad. And I also know that Moment Lens has hosted some trips with creators before, like in particular photographers and travel photographers. So those are all possibilities as well. The last stream of income that I want to talk about is being a writer, contributor, or author. So being a writer or contributor means that you uh, occasionally write blog posts for companies like CN Traveler or maybe it's Lonely Planet or maybe it's something else entirely. Uh, perhaps it's like a Pop Sugar magazine or something. So some influencers can write and contribute to these places. It might not be the highest pay, however, it gives them a lot of credibility. It also gives them more leverage when they are negotiating brand deals to work with tourism boards or hotels and so on because they can leverage the additional reach that they get by writing for or contributing to magazines like CN Traveler. And in terms of being an author, that would be a slightly different thing. But I, I grouped it into this section because it's all writing and creating written content. So being an author is very different. It would be like publishing your own book. And a lot of influencers have done this before, actually. Some most notable ones include Ami Song. She wrote Capture Your Style. I think she might have been one of the first influencers to have published a book. And there's also Aggie with her book Insta Travel and so on. So being an author is a very interesting one because this is more like a passive source of income. Once you create it once, you can sell this book indefinitely as long as it continues to get published and it lives on, let's say, Amazon eBooks, then people can purchase it. And every time people purchase, you get a cut of that revenue. So that's another interesting way to make income as an influencer. So that basically sums up some of the main ways that influencers can make money online once they have built a following. The beauty of social media is that you are able to reach an infinite amount of people. Once you start to build your influence, you are building your personal brand and you are considered an expert in your field you have a trusted audience that follow you, that want to hear from you, and you can market that influence however you choose. No matter what platform, if you're able to build that trust, opportunities will always come to you. And it doesn't have to be a huge following either. Even if you have a smaller following, it can be extremely, extremely valuable because the key is in that relationship with your audience and that trust. So that's how people nowadays are able to get paid doing what they love for a living. And this is why I started this podcast so that I can share more long form content to teach you how to build your influencer, how to build a trustworthy personal brand so that you can also do it for yourself. 
Prior to really properly building my online personal brand, I honestly had no idea that these were even options. I thought that brand partnerships were the only way to make money and I didn't even know how to charge what I'm actually worth and I was labeled for so long as an influencer. So I just hope that this episode helps to open your mind to what's possible. You will realize that there is so much out there for you to take and you really just need to put in the work, execute, learn the right information and really, really develop that personal brand in order to make this a viable full-time income. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.